Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of multiple different galaxies, all at once, yes, a multiverse episode. This is the Four Center Podcast Feed presents Other Center. In this particular episode is Cues of the Other. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm Ken Napsock, and I read an article that that, that whole thing is dead, Joseph. I read it. I oh, read the multiverse? It, just <laughs> that whole thing. No oh, okay. tapes for you all. Uh, that's, what I read. <laughs> that's what I read on the internet. On the internet. Mm. I heard a director worked on two projects at the same time. What impossible. Uh, And we are lucky to be joined today by our third partner, whose name is... Jennifer Landa, and I watched several TikTok videos about it. And (laughs) I have a lot of thoughts, actually. (laughs) Very interesting article. Uh, Man, I I miss talking about uh, some of our our pop culture worlds and our pop culture stories, but there have been a lot of just stories about the business that I've been excited to to dive back into Mm -hmm. when the strike Mm -hmm. blissfully ends. And uh, Mm -hmm. yes, the the premature death of the multiverse <laughs> is up there. Yes. Uh, but we have lots of uh, good cues. And by lots, I mean two. We've got two really meaty, great questions uh, from uh, patrons on Patreon. Before we get to that, we want to let you know that, as always, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. You can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, MP3 player, or any other device you can make talk to you. Uh, the recommendation 
for this episode is uh, the same as our deep dive episode earlier this week. It is a book called What I Really Want to Do is Direct. It was written in or uh, published in 2020, written by the director Ken uh, Quapis, who uh, has done an amazing amount of different interesting projects. It's a mix of uh, autobiography that talks about his uh, passion for filmmaking, about his experiences working on lots and lots of different kinds of projects, and really practical tips for what does it mean to actually be a good uh, film director. And after uh, watching just lots of people on social media fight about who is the better director without ever you know, making an effort to determine what makes someone a good director. Mm. It's really great to spend some time with this book uh, that really dives deep into what does that mean? What do you actually do? So if you're interested in any of that, you can check out this audiobook. To download your free audiobook today, you can go to audibletrial.com slash center One more time, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook. So that is our first A down. We move on to our second A, which is ask. Ken, do you want to handle the ask? Yes, we'd like to ask you to consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, it helps, and sometimes... Uh, uh, we need the focus on it. I, quite frankly, Joseph, I think you were right when you suggested this first time. Uh, I forgot that was a thing, that it was important. <laughs> it's important to the algorithm. Oh, the algorithm, the capital A that we're all chasing. But it also feels nice, too, when you leave a good review. So if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts and you have the ability or the desire to go uh, leave a review, uh, five stars, four, you know, even, I'll take four stars, uh, five stars, <laughs> uh, type some words out that are nice. It helps. It really helps the show as we continue to move forward in this uncertain time for the podcast industry as a whole. So uh, we would like uh, to see if you would do that. That's our ask. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That is a great ask. And thank you to those of you who have done it. Uh, I've just been getting back from traveling and I can't wait to check and see how we're doing. Uh, But we are now ready to get on to the main business of Cues of the Others. uh, Others? Cues of the Other, which is uh, providing some A's for your cues. Uh, Our first question comes to us from Chris Williamson. And Chris says, hey, Jennifer, Ken, and Joseph. I've been loving everything from Other Center and look forward to its continuation, especially the cues of the other. Some of the questions have become great icebreakers in my classroom to start the day to get the kids talking and thinking. My question relates to one of the courses I teach. I am a high school history teacher who also teaches law and criminal justice courses as electives. One of the activities we do that always gets students excited is our research project into specific criminals in American history. So my question is this, what do you think we as a society, why do you think we as a society have such a fascination with true crime? What is it with our obsession with uh, serial killers, mobsters, and other criminals? Interested in hearing your thoughts. And if you even have any true crime stories or individuals you are particularly interested in this was a fun one research for myself like big picture opinions about our fascination with crime but also like who's my favorite awful person in history great Uh, (laughs) so let's dive in jennifer for the the big picture part of this question do you have theories why do you think we as a society are so fascinated with true crime I have a lot of theories. This is going to turn into murder center because (laughs) I, I have thought about this for many, many years. I've done a lot of uh, book reading, movie watching, uh, you know, true crime stuff on Annie (laughs) over the years. I think, okay. So big picture. I think there's a lot of reasons why number one, it could be that it's like the most, these are some of the most horrific uh, crimes that that the everyday person could never imagine committing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's like a wild robbery that happened and they were able to rob a bank. That's why you see a lot of these heist movies, right? It's like, oh, they pulled off the impossible. Wouldn't that be amazing to suddenly have millions and millions of dollars, right? Mm. <clears throat> so it's like these, these like almost like these fantasies. Um, now then you have the other side of it. Mm-hmm where it's like the darkest part of humanity where people are like, how could somebody do this, this horrific crime? How did nobody see that they were going down that road? Mm. And for me personally, it was like, Oh, I want to learn 
the psychology behind it to spot that in other people <laughs> because so many of these you watch these documentaries and the neighbors like i never knew he sounds seemed like such a nice boy right but with all of these people which we'll get in depth in a minute here but like all these people there are signs 100% throughout their childhood, whether it's torturing animals or being mean to other children or not having any sort of um, empathy mm. towards mm. others, right? There's a lot of signs and uh, it's easy. I don't wouldn't say it's easy to spot, but it's like, oh, okay. Something may lead to these, these horrific acts. Mm. There's always like a breadcrumb trail. Mm. It's just, did the people close to them pick up on it and really like, sound the alarm that maybe something was going to happen. Right. And like, what, what is the right kind of alarm to sound of? Mm -hmm. That's the other, I mean, sometimes some of these people, like they, they, they've gotten treatment, they've gotten, uh, uh, help, uh, mental health, uh, things, uh, interventions, and it's still, it doesn't, you know, there's only so much you can do for a, a person. And that's, that is really scary. I also was thinking about, I'm so sorry. This, no, this is like, please, we, oh I feel like we struck gold. I love it. Keep. <laughs> this is something that I was thinking about. We went to the Getty Center and they, my daughter bought this book on mythical creatures, beasts, monsters. Mm. I found this book fascinating. And the reason why is if you look at all the different folklore from all of, around the world you can kind of i wonder maybe somebody i'm sure somebody's talked about this is some of these monsters were people that had uh, you know uh, some sort of um mental health crises mm -hmm. uh right like I, I feel like we as humans want to make sense of mm -hmm. the things that don't make sense mm -hmm. and so and that's another thing with a lot of these especially like serial killers you're just like why everyone wants to know the why and unfortunately there is no why sometimes why people do these heinous crimes they is just from severe trauma or the impulses or whatever it is or brain things mm -hmm. going on in their chemistry right mm -hmm. and there is no why there is nothing really that could have stopped them oh my mm -hmm. gosh mm -hmm. uh, yeah well, okay, I'll stop there. No, I, I I love it, and I I think for me that is the the biggest thing uh, is the the desire for comprehension. And again, I think it's one of those things that like you can you can put on your like studious hat and really be like, I am doing an investigation. But I think just like when you're you know 15 and you first hear about the Manson family and you can't mm -hmm. verbalize why you're fascinated, I think it mm -hmm. is this natural pull toward comprehension. Mm -hmm. And I think what's most fascinating to me is. Jennifer, what you're saying about serial killers is this this human condition to to sort of long to understand that maybe something that just can't be, it, you know, mm -hmm. it, it was trauma or it's or it's chemistry, and they this person doesn't have empathy, like they they don't have it, it you know, and and there's not an answer for it. But then when you start to pull in things like say a mobster, well, maybe uh -huh. some mobsters, especially like enforcers, are you know basically serial killers. Mm. But then you get to people who are like, well. They're they're can can you justify being a mobster? You know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, and, and there's those different levels of comprehending the darkness are fascinating. All the way from this this uh, person, you know, experienced trauma or has a brain chemistry issue, and that's that. Versus like someone who's like, you know, my uh, my people have been treated unfairly. Mm -hmm. Everybody, including the government and the cops, are killing people to get what they want. What's so wrong if I do it? Then you get into this, like, other end of the spectrum of, mm. you know, our love of of mobsters and pop culture and movies about them, of almost searching for, like, can can we find a justification? Mm -hmm. can we find a, not just a rationalization, but, like, you know, I feel like a lot of Scorsese films are are, are about, like, you don't actually want to be this. This doesn't work out. And yet you get that thing where people are kind of attracted to them because like, yeah, um, are the monsters of bad guys? <laughs> Just like a fascinating spectrum when you're talking about crime from serial mm -hmm. killers to if the, was this person just protecting their own family? Like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ken, how do you what, what do you feel is is the attraction? This is fantastic. This is a, we, this is gold. Uh, thank you, Chris, for this question. And, and by the way, I am just I love that he's uh, Chris, you're starting your class 
with some of the questions that we answer here. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, first of all, I want to acknowledge one of the things, like the, the, the wave of true crime being popular is something that um, is is uh, an interesting discussion point itself. And I think you're both right where I would I go to about learning, right? Or, or try, you, well, you, the comprehension uh, you talked about, Joseph, is is definitely part of it. The the, the study of, of human nature. And I think it's, um, as you've watched true crime podcasts take over, I think some of them are great. Uh, Grace listens to them a lot. I think some of them aren't. I think some of them correctly and successfully chase the rhythm of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. But that's fine. Um, but like uh, my favorite murder, I, I actually really, when we listen to them in the car, um, I think they're great. And I think they've changed and mature as, as both performers turned podcasters who realize what they were talking about, some of the issues they were talking about. So there's some deeper issues to it. And and I've stopped doing, I, I think we've talked about this before. And I, Joseph, I definitely remember having a conversation with you off air of, of just like, uh, it was, it's so easy to get up there and be, and I've seen comics do it of uh, women. Why are you so obsessed with true crime prod, podcasts? You know, all these horrible murders and, 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 and Grace has said it plainly. And, and, and Jen, I absolutely want your thoughts on this because it's, <laughs> it's your perspective that I value here of, uh, well, yeah, we're, we're obsessed with it because we're all afraid of that happening to us every single time we leave the goddamn house. Mm-hmm. So uh, studying why and why it might happen. And, and Grace has said, and others, more importantly, what will happen after it happens to me? Will my murder be solved? Will my killer be found? Will anything? It, mm-hmm. It's not just a, a, a cute, morbid obsession. It's it's a it's a striking reality. Um, and I always say, hey, you know, guys, if you if you don't want your lady to listen to the true crime podcast, stop murdering people. Might be the way to <laughs> stop. Um, but also, uh, so Jed, I, I will kick it to you in a second. But but then I have a lot of thoughts on just trying to wrap your brain around something you can't imagine or maybe even kind of, you know, who we've, I'm not saying we've all wanted to be killers, but like a flash of anger. What, what makes your, what stops your anger going from honking your horn to getting out and punching someone. Right. Mm-hmm. Line? Mm-hmm. And this is all about the line, but Jen, I don't know, but the big picture on, on the true crime stuff, I'm sure resonates with you as well. I would think. Uh, yes. I a hundred percent agree with with grace because that was why initially i was so drawn to it was it was sur- like survival you're like how can i spot the quote unquote bad people mm-hmm. and here's what i have learned in my in my personal life as well as from my research <laughs> these the, these people mm-hmm. certain these certain criminals um they work very hard to present a perfect exterior Often, mm-hmm. this is a, I'm talking about a specific type of person, and this is where it becomes challenging. Where you think, if I watch all the if I watch all the true crime stuff and I read all the books, I am and I know all the psychology, I will be able to spot a predator. Mm-hmm. And the thing about predators is that they can be charming, like Ted Bundy. Mm-hmm. Ted Bundy they yeah. can be the the church going, you know, mm-hmm. father figure who you believe, and th- these people will keep up these appearances for decades Mm -hmm. but but what i have also learned is that oftentimes the people who are the closest to them might have some doubts but even still like you can never know what is going on inside someone's head Mm -hmm. and so these people oftentimes have lived a double life for so long Mm -hmm. that they are able to slip in and out of it very easily they're able to lie and unfortunately many of these people are psychopaths or sociopaths and so when you do confront them about their crimes what they have done and i have had firsthand experience and let me tell you there is <sighs> confronting someone on a crime that y- that you know that they have done and they look you dead in the eye and they lie to your face and for a moment you might actually believe them mm-hmm. that there is nothing that that can be uh, you you can't predict that you can't uh, that's why this that's why i think true crime is just is fascinating and also terrifying and why i haven't been enjoying not almost enjoying it <laughs> i haven't been consuming it as much mm-hmm. as i realized there is no way to really spot some of these predators mm-hmm. uh it's just it's awful it's absolutely awful um if uh, there's a documentary that was on hbo years ago i think it's called like the Iceman cometh Mm. and that's an example of somebody who uh, he doesn't lie but the way he talks about the the murders that he did and the way that he did it he does it in such 
like a, a conversational, cold way, no emotion. Yeah. It's a Tuesday. I murdered someone. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. chilling. Mm-hmm. But I think the scarier people are the people that are your next door neighbor that you don't know or predators that mm-hmm. seem like a, like a father knows best type <laughs> yeah. and you don't know what they're doing. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think I have any sort of like serial killer radar. So I, I totally agree with you with the, the, you, you can't know and people mask it very well, but mm-hmm. I think it, it, this is one of the reasons that I'm always more comfortable around people who uh, m- make jokes or like horror movies and sort of acknowledge the darkness of the world. Yes. People who want to put on an absolutely perfect, pristine, sometimes judgmental mm-hmm. uh, to the rest of the world. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, I had some experiences, uh, thankfully not with serial killers, but with people who really put on that, like, our life is perfect. And that terrifies me. <laughs> you are hundred uh, percent right. It's, almost, yes. it's so often masking something, you know. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I've, to be clear, I've never confronted a serial killer. <laughs> Not that type of crime. Not that type of crime. Uh, but but you know, I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's yeah, it, it's it's, it's uh, we are all uh, uh, living by the the grace of just hoping the world functions. Normally, you know, mm-hmm. when, when you yeah. walk into a place, there's, you know, this, there's only so many things I can do as a security director to keep you safe. I have to rely on the goodwill of humanity <laughs> Yep, mm. and, and, hope, and hope and hope that it's there. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is something I, I was fascinated with as, as, uh, as a teen and then have only continued to be more interested in is I, I think, um, a lot of us in, encounter in life, people who have empathy issues because of trauma. Um, mm-hmm. I think I've interacted with some people who are, are borderline on the sociopath thing and it is from trauma or, or chemistry. It's not mm-hmm. a choice. It is not a choice in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the, the classes I took many years ago in sociology. So I've always been fascinated with like the people who are making a choice. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where it gets into this sort of like, um, the stuff with, you know, maybe, uh, mobsters or mm-hmm. uh, somebody who does fly into a jealous rage or whatever mm-hmm. and and is capable of stopping themselves and chooses not to. Mm-hmm. Um, Jennifer, do you have any, any thoughts or feelings about that sort of, you, you've been really focusing on the, the serial killer. How do you feel about the person who uh, has empathy, knows they're causing another person pain, but lets the, the, anger, the need for power, um, overcome it. I think that those are the types of characters that we see in in the movies. Obviously they're based on, on real life. And that's why people enjoy watching those kinds of stories. And I think Mm -hmm. why, like the gangster movies and mobster movies, the Bonnie's and Bonnie and Clyde's or the Scarface, Goodfellas, whatever it is, it's like, there seems like there's a, a higher purpose to what they're doing, or like like you were talking about before, protecting their family, or mm-hmm. um, you know, like now they like there's also Americans especially like seeing like the power, the wealth mm-hmm. that these people have. That's where like the glamorization comes in. Or, or, or even if you watch like the the you know the I watched this movie with Tom Cruise. It was like I think based on like the Pablo Escobar uh, mm-hmm. stuff. That was fascinating. It just it's like wow, like this is like wild um and i can and i can have more empathy for for people like that mm-hmm. i can't i do not have any empathy towards people that harm children that is mm. where i draw i draw the line and i and i cannot uh, i understand all the traumas and things like that that happen throughout people's lives but mm-hmm. yeah so i definitely will be much more like wow how did they get how did that mobster get to that point or you know what what led them to that or you know, their economic circumstances, why they felt like they had to do this. And um, yeah, so I get it. I under, yeah. I understand that. But there are certain crimes that I just can, I will never um, accept or forgive. Yeah, no, d- uh, understandable. And, and and I think that for for me, like a lot of the, the mobster stories are about worldview of- mm-hmm. It's a doggy dog world and everybody is out for themselves. I'm not doing anything different than everybody else is. 
And, right. and mm-hmm. th- th- I, I, I've known a lot of people with that rationaliza- rationalization, you know, I, you know, mm-hmm. but if you take that to its logical conclusion, it gets to a very dark place very quickly. Mm-hmm. I actually knew a kid, and this is the thing about like gangs uh, specifically, like people don't understand if, if you're not familiar, like kids join gangs because you kind of have no choice. Mm-hmm. Like I had a friend in middle school the sweetest kid, you know, great student. And he, I, I literally went through the process of him where he's like, I'm going to have to join a gang. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, you're not, you're not a gang banger. Like you don't have to join. A gang. He's like, no, I have to, mm-hmm. I am going to get like, you know, beat up daily harassed. Mm. Like my family might get hurt. I have to. And so like over the course of that year, I was literally in like, I was in sixth or seventh grade, seventh grade. And I saw him and he, he be joined a gang and it was shocking. And I just, I, it was so, so sad. And there was nothing, you know, glorifying about it. The Mm -hmm. reality of why kids have to join gangs and like, Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just, it's just terrible. Um, but anyways, that's, that's a side note. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ken, no, I, I, I really agree with you about, uh, the, the arc of the true crime podcasts that mm-hmm. it, it, they, I think, especially like, you know, my favorite murder is it was mm-hmm. so, so took off and, and is the, the genesis of a lot of it. And mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that came from such a sincere place and it is about women taking back the narrative, but yeah, there, there are just some thumbnails that, that bum me out where people look like real happy and, you know, mm-hmm. confetti going off in the background. I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. Now we're dead. We're dead. So close to. Yeah, not you know respecting that. But beyond true crime for you, what is your what draws you personally to being fascinated with crime or criminals? Uh, it, it, it you both have said some wonderful things. Uh, and 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 the area of focus I I go to. I'm starting to think. You know, I, I've been saying for for this entire year. I, I love my docs and I love watching documentaries and uh, especially events, tragedies. You know, I've watched. You know, I always talked about the 9-11 docs. I don't watch it out of like morbid care. I, I want, like how, how and why and what would I do? And that's part of what fuels it. Mm. But my area of interest, I was trying to think, I was like, all right, this is a great question. Uh, it would be organized crime. I, but I got I like, I don't love the glorification of it. Like I, I, mm. I, I, I all due respect to you, Mr. Scorsese, you, you're one of our all time legends. Uh, uh, I, I don't, I'm not drawn to any of his films. I'd, sorry. I'd rather watch someone in capes. Um, sorry, sorry. Uh, but he's, he, he's a legend. I'm not going to have, you know, no, no, no need to pick sides, but, but <laughs> right? like I, I, I've told the story. I re- I arrested Henry Hill one night, uh, Ray Liotta's character. I, re- I arrested him at our mall and no. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and, uh, he put, he pushed one of our uh, officers and he, he was, of course he had, he had a drinking problem in his later years, probably his whole life. He lived in that part of the valley and he was just kind of known to LAPD. He'd show up places and but we didn't know. And he kept telling me, I'm Henry Hill. I'm Henry Hill. That's that's the first guy Billy the mm. Kid in Young Gun. Mm. And I was like, sure, I remember Billy the Kid shot. Yeah, I totally get you, dude. Because I'm just thinking this dude's lying. He's showing me his tattoos and and, and it, it was it was Henry Hill. Um, because but because but, I didn't see Goodfellas. <laughs> <laughs> Did he just start oh doing the dialogue? He- <laughs> oh he's gosh. literally telling he's I'm Henry Hill. Here's don't you here's my tattoo from the army. Don't you know who I am? And I'm literally going, Yeah, yeah, I remember wow. when Billy Kid shot you in the outhouse. And my friends from, from the Schmoes world were like, dude. And I was like, I've never seen Goodfellas. Like, I I don't <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, I don't know. Um so I'm not obsessed with, and, I, and and by the way, I don't say anyone who likes those movies glorifying the mobsters and all that kind of stuff, but like the love of the Sopranos, there is kind of a, because there's such a code, right? You can mm-hmm. watch a, a, a mobster cook a a, a, a a pasta sauce and it's a great scene uh, at a Coppola picture and there's family and there's honor and there's code and you're right, Joe, so, there's so much of that. So I'm fascinated with that. Uh, I've mentioned before one of my all-time favorite books is Public Enemies by Brian Burrow, which uh, eventually became a major motion picture. Uh, and, and it's the the 33-34 crime wave. It is the Bonnie and Clyde. It is John Dillinger. Uh, it, it is all those gangs, uh, those, those, those crime uh, outfits, and then the formation of the FBI. And I'm fascinated with that because of how that speaks about the time. Mm-hmm. A lot of what you're talking about, Joseph, uh, have mentioned about, you know, what caused them and, and what choice do they make and, and why? 
and then what what that did going forward and how that was spin spun i should say out of out of control in a way of 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 law and order versus mm. not solving the issues that were actually going on and also there was just some really bad guys and, and and that's a thing i always say crime crime is real and there are criminals that do bad things for bad sakes but also the system and also how we how america was formed during that time focusing on america in that in that time period that's why i'm obsessed a little bit with like the 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 old west so to speak but like there's the bigger issues of what happened and some of the stories that we weren't really shared as we were growing up here in our country uh you know we just watched how the west was won and we thought that was a fact uh but <laughs> but how how we formed this and how corporations came in and the, the titans of industry said look at this i'm fascinated with how we built all this and mm-hmm. that that period of time, thirty three, thirty four, where where you think of it as somewhat modern era, I don't. I think the dividing line is post World War II. I think it was still a wild wild west there. And mm-hmm. to to study the docs, to read those books, I cannot recommend that book enough. Public Enemies by Brian Burrow. It is it 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 it's gripping, and it's tense. It it, it no wonder it got optioned into a major motion picture because you, you it, it reads like it, uh, because it's based on real stuff, and it's and it's just crazy to think that and, and a lot of what you're saying you know of of of, of it just was it just was a, a foregone conclusion that this officer is probably on the take that judge is probably on the take mm-hmm. well, that's just the way it was that's the way it was and and and, and you know and, and how do we move forward from that so there's there is a need to modernize there is a need to change but then people come in and take that disruption and 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 use it for their own power I'm fa- that's what i'm fascinated in that area where if you're talking true crime yeah. yeah, you you're talking about some great stuff and I think it goes along with Jennifer too of the the difference between, you know, <laughs> somebody who's like, "No, I I like I I I have issues and I like violence and I want to shoot up this bank to shoot up this bank" mm-hmm. versus what are the the uh social anxieties, what are poverty, no other choice, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. facing constant brutality from cops um mm-hmm. that that lead people to choices and trying to separate that narrative versus, you know, I've been uh, talk about it more once, uh, once the strike is done, but I've been watching more pre-code movies and, and just the, how much people underestimate the impact of the Hayes code demanding that uh, law and order and America be promoted as positive and criminals are always defeated and making everything just very simple and black and white. Yeah. It really helped sort of sell the story of, this is the, what America has always been. Here's good. Here's bad. Period. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, Jennifer, do you have? Is Chris is asking a specific uh, criminal that you are uh, fascinated by or a true crime story? Um, not anymore. I I have different criminal uh, like jo- genres, if you will. Mm-hmm. So I I do like like the mobster stories, uh, history. I do like learning about like um, crimes and things that murder mysteries that happened in old Hollywood or during the seventies in particular, my dad always as a reporter talks about that time mm. and how it was like a really terrifying time. And there were a lot of, you know, the Manson murders mm-hmm. and uh, the night stalker and all those things kind of happening around the same time, which was very uh, terrifying for people. Um, I think that's interesting. I used to watch the first 48. Mm-hmm. I would watch hours of that. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. stumbled upon that recently. And I was mm-hmm. like, how did I watch that show? It is so dark. And mm-hmm. so it is depressing. And you see them not catching these mm-hmm. these people who are murderers or rapists or whatever. Right. And it's just like, it's awful. It's awful. Mm-hmm. Uh so what I've done now when I'm doing true crime or watching it, there's actually this great YouTuber. Her name is Bailey Sarian. And she does, what is it called? It's called a uh, murder mystery and makeup. Mm. And what she does, she does her makeup <laughs> and she talks about this murder that she kind of researched. And she just basically tells the story. And there's something about like, number one, it feels like she's telling it to a friend and there's also like that buffer of, I don't want to say making it lighthearted because she does not take anything lightly. Like mm-hmm. she really does kind of like make comments about it. Um, she covered this woman who like dismembered her boyfriend and then put his head in a bucket. <laughs> so it was like a recent one. Um, that was really dark. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's interesting going back to the like the psychology of how does this happen? Why did this woman do that to her boyfriend? How did it get to that point? And so it's like, she's kind of figuring it out 
along with you, the viewer. Mm-hmm. That's how I, that's kind of how I consume it now. Otherwise I, I just can't, I like to watch lighthearted things. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. that makes good sense. Um, yeah. Yeah, for myself, uh, you know, a lot of people I knew, I think in high school, it was like elective, uh, they could, before the term true crime was true crime, an elective was like, probably something like criminal studies or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it, I think the teacher was real lazy and just gave everyone the same Manson family book. Um, <laughs> and I remember people being sort of like fascinated in that way. That's very understandable for young people to be fascinated by. But I remember them all being sort of like trying to solve the mystery of the Manson family and Charles Manson. And, and, and I think as he wanted, uh, mm-hmm. gifting him this romanticism of... Mm. What dark powers he untap? And I remember at some point just being like, I, I know the I know the basics. I'm just going to, I don't know why I did this to myself. I'm just like, I'm going to sit down and read the Wikipedia page for the Manson family murders. And just be mm-hmm. like, this guy's a fool and an egomaniac. And the crimes are, he didn't, were yeah, he had, yeah, savage, he had, poorly planned. You know, we've given them this romanticism that, that mm-hmm. they don't deserve. It's just horror. Mm. He's yeah. a bumbling fool in horror, um, you know, and I think I, I think that kind of I understand why people are fascinated with serial killers and want to understand. But I have a real resistance to romanticizing them in any way, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. because I kind of went through that personal experience with seeing so many young people romanticize the Manson family. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So. That's what I'm not interested in. Uh, <laughs> the the specific mobster that I'm fascinated with is Sam Giancana, um, mm-hmm. because he, he pops up in lots of uh, um, nonfiction and fiction. Um, he had connections to to uh, Sinatra. He had connections to the Kennedy family. He was possibly involved uh, in the, uh, the CIA recruiting. Uh, the mm-hmm. mafia for the Bay of Pigs attempted assassination of Castro. Um, he's eventually, like many of these mobsters, killed uh, suspiciously close to a a, uh, a, a Senate hearing. Or, I don't know if it was a Senate <laughs> hearing. It was a hearing yeah, yeah. about the CIA and the mafia working together. But yeah. the, but I, I keep, I've read about him again and again in books about the entertainers I love from that era of Sammy mm-hmm. Davis Jr. and Dean Martin. He, he was just a reality. He just like, he's going to come to the shows. He's he's gonna date these women he's he's just there then and and lots of people who were like back in the day like i never wanted to do anything with the mob they owned every club so if you were an entertainer you rub shoulders with them period you did comedy man uh, comedy comedy is all mm-hmm. oh my god it's crazy yeah so in, but then he exists in this really specific moment like you're talking about ken of like you know the 30s and in the the oncoming of um the new deal is a really interesting time the, the the 60s and the, the Kennedy assassination is this, you know, often talked about where America lost its innocence. And I think a, a part of that is figures like Sam Giancana, who uh, is in this triangle of stories that are about different kinds of power. Mm-hmm. And one is the legitimate power of the government, political power. Uh, one is the undeniable power of, of pop culture. We can kind of laugh at, at it, but, you know, Sinatra had power. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the power, the old school power of the mafia, which is just sheer violence <laughs> yeah. at the mm-hmm. end of the day of, uh, you, 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 you got a grocery store, give us 10 bucks or it's your kneecaps with a baseball bat. That's the power of just violence. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was this weird, uh, time where the, uh, where, where the, I think the world could start to see that the veil between these different kinds of power was, was pretty thin. Mm-hmm. And and he's just in the center of that. So that that's why I'm fascinated with him. Is is same reason as you can. The sort of the it's, it's not not him as a person. He's pretty easy to figure out as a person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's his place in history. Yeah, that's uh, it's that's fascinating stuff. Yeah, uh, I was just looking at, as you're talking, looking at the that's that's going to be a Wikipedia re- read tonight uh, when I go to bed. <laughs> oh yeah, and, and his his Wikipedia is pretty thin compared to some of the things that. Uh, well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they make, uh, depending on different uh, uh, sources, mm-hmm. um, he he was one of the figures that uh, was asked uh, by the Kennedy family through intermediaries to put pressure on on Chicago to make sure Kennedy got the nomination. Yes, yeah. mm. and then 
and then Robert Kennedy uh, decides, I'm going to go after the mafia. So it's a, and there's that famous clip of, of Robert Kennedy uh, grilling Sam Giancana about why he doesn't want to answer questions. Are you just going to sit there and giggle and saying, you know, I thought only little girls giggled, which is a sentiment I, I don't agree with the gender politics of, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's a historical document. It is, it, you know, it is pretty fascinating uh, mm-hmm. to, uh, if you believe all of that, mm-hmm. uh, to use the power of the mafia to get legitimate power and then turn around and, and mm. you know, mm. it's just fascinating. It's, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, I just realized one last thing I, I, I wanted to say was that I, I used to consume the serial podcast, which I feel like really kind of cre- created a boom mm. uh, yeah. with the true crime genre yeah. in podcasts specifically. And I think the reason why that one was so successful, the very first mm-hmm. season of it was because the journalists were revealing their findings. Like it felt like real time. Like you were, you were investigating this case mm. and trying to figure out if this young man had been wrongfully uh, accused and arrested did he really do this? And so they were every week, every episode, they were like putting the pieces together. And as a result, I believe he was just released from prison. Like he was exonerated. Mm. They, they realized that, that it was not him. He did not do it. And, uh, and that feels like a huge, a huge win. And there was something really exciting about the possibility to potentially like right or wrong, mm. right? Like, let's make this right for the victim. Like, let's mm. find the person that really did this to to her. And if it is this young man, maybe we can find out answers. But these were like NPR journalists. They did tons of research and they were involved with the lawyer. Like it was his own thing. It was not just some, you know, person in their, in their home doing it. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Like just, there was uh, a different YouTube show. Yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's why I think it was so, so successful. Yeah. I think it's a great point to, to wrap up uh, this part of the conversation is uh, a great thing to be uh, uh, obsessed with is the victims mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, vi- victims, including victims of violence and victims of uh, wrongful, um, imprisonment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any final thoughts from you, Ken, before we take a break? Uh, no, we could go on forever. A true crime center, but, uh, from the, this point of view, it's all fascinating stuff. There's the horror side of it. Uh, there's the, yeah, I mean, it's, I know, a little bit of fun of just the history of it. Uh, if you're trying to look mm-hmm. for true history, it, you know, it's all part of it. So a great question, Chris, and keep leading your class in these wonderful icebergs. Yeah, no, we'll try to come up with some good icebreakers. Uh, Thank you very much, Chris. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back in a moment. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. 
A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. And we are back for cues of the other. We have one more cue to provide some A's for uh, that first one. Really, really set us off on a tangent. So we'll see how deep we go for this one. Uh, <laughs> this is from uh, Douglas Dubois. Uh, Douglas says, what is a skill that you'd love to master, but you've never quite been able to pull off or put sufficient time into? Douglas, thank you for including the sufficient time uh, mm-hmm. part of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. They give us an out as well. Uh, Ken, is there something you've, you've been doing lots of different things. You've been stretching mm-hmm. yourself, uh, but is there something that you have not been able to pull off or find the time to attempt to pull off? I, I almost pulled this off in like 1997 and it's upsetting me that I didn't. And, and, and it's not too late. I'll say this, but I also don't know much like how the f- force works. If I can reference that, uh, I, I don't know if I have the midichlorians to master it, but that's another question. Uh, it's it's a guitar. Um, uh, you know, so we you know got this music out right now with this musical project, The Moon Agers. We got we got more songs on the way. Can't wait for all of you to hear. I'm really proud of this stuff we've got coming uh, and what's out there now. But I have no. I always joke. I have no musical talent. I almost did, man. I had I had two I had two chords learned. I had a really bad acoustic. It's like a really bad acoustic guitar, and I was I was doing it every day. And this mm. is pre-YouTube, right? So I couldn't just put on a course. Uh, and I should have gone to a maybe a coach or a teacher if I really wanted to do it. Um, but I was doing I was doing my finger exercises. I, was, I had some friends around me uh, who were helping me when they could. And and I don't know why I stopped. Because I wasn't, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't, I was, pro- I was progressing. Uh, my hands are getting stronger. I, I can figure out how to do it. Um, I just maybe don't have the mind for, you know, I can't read music. I, I'm also tone deaf. <laughs> like, that's not a joke. Mm-hmm. You talked about it, Joseph. Like, no, I'm mm-hmm. not. I don't know what is what. Um, but um, I just stopped. And I moved to LA and it, it never happened. You know, I just never happened. And so here it is 25 years later, um, I'm working on songs from the lyric side. And I'm like, man, I wish I, wish I had done that. <laughs> I wish I had mm. really stuck with it. So still time. I know. Uh, but uh, why I stopped 25 years ago, I'm going to have to analyze why. And and um, I know, you know, sufficient, sufficient time is a big part of this question, Douglas. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I relate to that. I did. I did start on the guitar and it hurt mm-hmm. my fingers a lot and I got frustrated and I had mm-hmm. <laughs> no support. And yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that would have been swell. Um, uh, Jennifer, uh, what is the skill for you that you'd love to master? There's so many. Uh, I can think of crocheting. Uh, I can think of, I love to sew, but I would love to take um, a, some classes again. That was really enjoyable. But I think the biggest thing would be like, like you can music. So I played piano for 14 years, but I was a classically trained pianist. And so I, I tried to play jazz piano. It is so difficult. Mm. 
uh, like a ballerina trying to do hip hop. It just doesn't, mm-hmm. it does, it's so hard. Mm-hmm. And so I would have to take lessons. I had a teacher who was very, who was very patient with me. Um, I would love to go back to him and have him really work with me. And then I would of course have to practice going back to our, to our other episode of mm-hmm. <laughs> setting a goal, keeping up that workout, like <laughs> practicing every day. Yeah. That's what I would do. Well, maybe we can all get together and start a really rough band. <laughs> Drums, a guitarist who knows the G chord, and a, and, a, and a piano player who's doing something in her own way. That's wonderful. You can only do Mozart. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I have the, the right rock beat to go with Mozart, but uh, but we can try. Um, yeah, One of the things that was really fun for me is is I, I was always drawn to music. I, I, want to, uh, I wanted to play guitar. I couldn't do that. Drumming worked out because my dad um, was a drummer and was able to teach me and I mm-hmm. fell in love with it and all that. Um, but uh, yeah, I think for me, the, the biggest one ever is singing. I talked about it on a recent episode, so I won't go on about it. Of, you know, I just I love singing. I think I have a decent voice. I have good vibrato. I have good breath control from theater stuff, all that. Um, but yeah, not real good at recognizing the notes. But I, that does not come to me naturally. And I think my range is really limited. So that is a part of it is I might, there may be some notes I can hear, but I can't actually hit. Um, But I think with a lot of time in a lot of very patient training, uh, I could probably get uh, better at singing. Mm -hmm. But this, this summer for the short film Nightmare Adorable, um, I wanted to do the music myself because, uh, my wife uh, had, has got this keyboard and part of it was time, part of it was money, but part of it was also just kind of wanting to scratch that itch of like, can I, can I make music? And, and, you know, I mostly wanted ambient music. So it wasn't, you know, really about writing, you know, a rock song or, or a specific melody. A lot of it could just be like weird noises. Um, it, and that was so much fun. That was so pleasing to just be like, what sound do I need to create this? And then when I got uh, got to the point where it's like, okay, I have a couple parts of this movie that need more, that, mm-hmm. that it can't just be a chord or a weird sound effect. Um, actually taking the time to record multiple different parts and then combine them in Audacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was great. I would love to, I'd love to have uh, more time to, to put into that. So singing and music in general. And then the second one I'll throw out there is fencing. (laughs) Yeah. I would love to do that. Uh, I needed to take some amount, some, I can't remember what, what credit I was trying to get in college, but there was a fencing class, but it was at like 7am and I did not live on campus. Oh no. No. And I signed up for it. I was like, I'm going to, this is going to be great. I'm going to, I'm going to learn how to fence. Um, and I had to get up at, you know, just a beastly hour. And I, I had never been to any of the sort of gym buildings at the University of Minnesota. And, you know, I got there at like 6.55, uh, bleary, freezing. And I, I couldn't find the door <laughs> to the gym. And I was just like standing there, like six fifty nine in the cold, being like, "I'm gonna drop this class." <laughs> so it's it's definitely one of those like uh, shameful memories of you should have maybe tried to find the door to the gym and not let that stop you. Mm. Those things you look back, but yeah, I get yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, any any other uh, dreams uh, of 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 we're talking about kind of some bigger ones that do require a lot of time. Is there any like smaller thing that you want to do, Ken? I, I, I'd love to get back into cooking. I, I, I've always had a, a you know, a, let's say a, a, a cooking adjacent uh, approach to life. Like I, I wish I could do it better. Then I started doing better. And then I had a, a great, uh, did an interview with our, our pal Steve, uh, Stephen Ellis uh, from the Black Series Rebels guys uh, years ago on the Knapsack Files about cooking. He was cooking at home. This is before the pandemic. And he, he, they get some great advice. He's like, it, 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 you just, it, nothing matters. Figure it out. Just toss something in there. Does that spice work? Be free. And, and once I started doing that, I had a lot more fun. Then the pandemic hit and I started cooking more. I was starting to cook the like vegan stuff for Grace and I loved it. And then all of a sudden I just stopped again. And some of it was like, I just felt like I only knew five things. And I have a mm-hmm. list of things I want to learn 
to do, uh, cooking wise. I, I don't know. I, baking's not much of an interest. Uh, I, I do enjoy the sweets. It's probably a dangerous thing if I learn how to bake my own d- d- sweets. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, that's a little minor thing because I need to eat every day and I need to save money. And it helps <laughs> when you buy the ingredients that make a meal versus, uh, you know, uh, the, the rising prices of frozen foods and stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Mm. Jennifer, you mentioned crochet. You, you, I mean, you have a ton of different crafting skills. Um, are there other things like crochet that you want to learn? You know, now that Ken said cooking, I too want to become a better cook. Mm. My husband is really good at cooking and he's good at cooking because number one, he enjoys it. And his mom kind of taught him a little bit, but like he looks at our, at our refrigerator and I'm like, there's nothing here. (laughs) He will whip up the most amazing meal. We call it like refrigerating and he'll just put it all together with leftovers and spices Mm. that we have. And he gets joy out of that. I find that to be like daunting, a daunting task. So I would maybe want to take some classes and, you know, it's kind of like the improvisation that jazz spirit my husband has that I have a more, more <laughs> difficult time with. Right. Yeah. But I think, I think if you can just like, just keep trying, supposedly that's the key is you just, you just try yeah. and, and taste, right. but I want the end result to be good. <laughs> no, I'm with you. I'm, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't have the time or, or the patience to become a good cook. cook. I'm trying to be, get a little bit better mm-hmm. and then maybe mm-hmm. master something other than uh, frozen pizza and macaroni and cheese. I think at some point, maybe yeah. do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the other skill that I'm working on, that's a very small one is uh, keeping plants alive, um, mm-hmm. which I've never really had a, ton of interest in but uh sarah's uh you know had had plants uh, on our balcony and a couple inside and we picked one up at Descanso gardens and we both just kind of uh forgot about it and it and it died because hey (laughs) you got to take care of them and i for some reason that one just really got me and i was like no i'm gonna we're buying another one at Descanso gardens a little one and i'm gonna put it somewhere i can see it every day so i remember Mm -hmm. it and suddenly I feel like, you know, the the kid in high school who's given the egg to take care of, we're like, I'm obsessed with that one plant now. <laughs> yeah. mm. And sometimes it really is just like, you know, get, getting getting hooked and caring, right? And saying, mm-hmm. this is really important to me. And like, I don't, I'm not going to become, I don't have a green thumb and I, I don't want a garden, but yeah. I want to keep that one damn plant alive. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, any any final thoughts on this one? Uh, no, I'm going to, I'm going to cook, uh, a dinner and then sit down and watch uh, a true crime doc and just combine the episode into one, one act. I am going to sing poorly in the shower while thinking about Sam Giancana. That's really upsetting. That was not a good wrap up. <laughs> Jennifer, help us out. What's your wrap up? Oh, I think the point is to just, just do it. Right. <laughs> Don't. Well, you can try, but but uh, basically, yeah, you just got to go for it. Got to go for it. Absolutely. Uh, great thoughts to end on. Uh, thank you, Douglas, for the question. Thank you, Chris, for the question. Uh, we've got a lot of great uh, Patreon questions coming up. Thank you for everybody who has put one there. If you're on our Patreon and would like to add a question, uh, scroll down uh, our post. There's a picture of a, a statue of a bear reaching toward the sky because it seemed inspirational. If you'd like to leave a question, you can leave a question under the picture of the bear. Ken, where can people find us? Hey, we're on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We're on Threads, Hive Social, if you're still there. We're not really there, but we're on there. You can support us there. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Podcast is available on a lot of different spots. iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Just search, you'll find us. Merch still available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. You can support us directly at patreon.com slash Force Center. We have an exclusive show over there every month for you. It used to be, it's it's still Will of the Force, but right now it's Will of the Other uh, because what's going on uh check that out it's all for you if you support uh for our personal plugs and where uh, you can find us uh just search at cat knapsack um and go to my website and i do want to highlight i mentioned it here a couple times it's been uh, something i mentioned for a couple weeks yeah i I co-wrote a song it's out there it's called tell me tell me by uh, the moon agers um and more songs on the way that i'm really proud of but do do me a favor go listen on spotify apple no no that's all you got to do you don't have to buy anything you can go to Bandcamp and buy it if you want but you don't have to buy anything i don't care if you like 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 the song or not just give me a listen just give me a chance (laughs) give me a chance it might not be your style of music it's 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 a jingly jangly rock and roll but uh that's where you can find it. it's called the moon agers uh look for us uh look for us at all the spots to get your music so Excuse me, I'm choked up over my own hubris there. Uh, Jen, uh, where can they find you? 
You can find me on YouTube and Instagram at Jennifer Landa, TikTok at Jennifer Landa 1138, where I will be sharing, I don't know, things I, I enjoy doing, I suppose. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that is, uh, that's wonderful. I look forward to the next evolution. Uh, for myself, you can find me on all the social media at Joseph Scrimshaw. Blue Sky in particular seems to be picking up. So uh, if you got an invite code and you can get your way over to, to Blue Sky, uh, please find me there. At Joseph Scrimshaw is the handle. Everything else is on my website, josephscrimshaw.com. In particular, I want to highlight that the short horror film I worked on with many other awesome people that is called The Nightmare Adorable. It is playing at a horror movie fest in Las Vegas. That festival is called Sin City Horror Fest. Uh, the Nightmare Adorable in particular is playing on Saturday, December 2nd at 4 p.m. I'll be there and doing a Q&A afterwards. And you can get individual tickets to the block of shorts that the Nightmare Adorable is playing in. So if you're in Vegas or want to be in Vegas, uh, come join me for that screening of the Nightmare Adorable. The link and all the information is on my website, josephscrimshot.com. That is it. We have provided some A's to all the wonderful Q's. Thank you all. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.